I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is an ABC podcast. Good plan, good plan. Who thought of this one? You're listening to the Out of Sanctum podcast. Here is a moment in time in the history of the AFL. In from the side, Houghton. She was surrounded by blue jumpers. to the Outer Sanctum for another week. We are thrilled to be back here to joyously unpack last night's battle for the Hampson Hardeman Cup at the Whitten Oval. For new listeners, we are a bunch of football-loving friends who talk about AFLW and AFLM all through the year as a podcast, but we feature on ABC Radio during the W season to talk about the groundbreakers and the history makers. I am your host, Emma Race, and we have a lot to get through in the next hour. As always, I have a bunch of friends who help me do it. I would like to welcome my football-loving lady friends. I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Good morning. It is Lucy Race here. And good morning. It's Kate Sear. And get out the trumpets because we have to um, announce that we have Shelley Ware here making her debut for 2020. Shelley Ware, welcome. Ooh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now I leave you for a week and you melt down the internet Beyonce style. <laughs> so well done to you, Kate, for challenging what we accept as the norm. And I feel like you've written M in the wet cement in the front of AFL House. So bravo to you. Oh, thanks, Shelley. <laughs> she's still, yeah, she's grinning like a Cheshire cat. Ooh. She did break the internet. On today's show, we are going to talk footy. We're going to catch up with Tyler Hanks. T. Hanks. Thanks. <laughs> Tyler Hanks, who was part of the winning D's side last night at the Witten Oval. We have giant stories from Greater Western Sydney with Rebecca Beeson and the head of the women's program there, Brianna Harvey. Emma Swanson from West Coast Eagles will join us ahead of the Derby and we will be speaking to injured Collingwood Vice-Captain Brianna Davey in the lead-up to the Collingwood-Carlton clash, which is going to be massive. Last night it was a 20-point win to the D's, but it was a huge win for alliteration when the dogs met the D's at a wet Witten for the Hampson Hardeman Cup. This is how it rolled out. On to it, Newman feeds out the Hampus. The Demons are out. Edmondson steadies, fires towards goal and kicks the opening goal of the match. Three minutes in and Melbourne are on the board. Scott for the dogs, soccers it forward and further afield by two. Good up to centre. Oh, there's a great tackle by... Deanna Berry on the former dog and premiership player, Libby Bird. She's nailed her, holding the ball. Free kick, 55 from goal and 50 metres. The ball not returned on the full. Had a Mason Cox-like impact with the USA flag behind the goals at the Barclay Street end. And 
Deanna Berry bangs it right over the top of it for the Dogs opening goal. Almost marked on the goal line. Cunningham was there. Hand pass out from Zanka. Off to Paxman. Paxman will not miss from there. She snaps from 15 out. And the Demons have the opening two and are dominant early. Shelley Scott who's been everywhere. Bit of Pagan's paddock over the back. She bombs it inside the 50. Who's got the pace? They all go charging back after it. Socket off the ground and pop through by Sheriff. Cleverly flicked over the backs. Gay trying to pick up the greasy footy. Taps it on to Newman. Little toe poke towards the goal mouth. Free kick for a push. Gay pretty much directly in front. 35 metres out. Comes in. Steers it straight through the middle. And Melbourne make the Bulldogs play. Gogos kicks around her shoulder. Looking for two good. Gathers. Top of the goal square. Snaps on goal and puts it through. Bonnie Sugar showing the class to finish from the top of the goal square. Just getting back, Goldridge. She's kept the ball alive, though, as the siren sounds. And the Demons make it two from two to start season 2020. Melbourne prevail by 20 points in tough conditions at the Witten Oval. It was a grand old flag. Lucy, you are a D in the AFLW. How did that win make you feel? Because going to the Witten Oval can be quite inhospitable. Yes, and I did watch it from my couch last night, which I'm sorry to say um, I did that because I do like to be there in the... In the Stands. You didn't um, grab a friend, get a footy and get to a game. I didn't. But what I really did like was I like it when I see Daisy Pierce turn up with her jumper tucked in because I think it (laughs) means that she's there for business. And she was, I think at halftime, 100% disposal efficiency by foot. And she was just clean and commanding and quite imposing. There's not enough Harry High Pants in the game. There's not. <laughs> Shelley Ware, what did what took your fancy last night in the game? Well, I also watched from the couch, but I loved the four-quarter effort. I was really taken by that, by uh, Melbourne. But I liked how it was all packaged up with Libby Birch and how we heard the truth from her about her time at the Western Bulldogs and how warm she feels now within her new team environment at Melbourne. I liked the honesty there. She certainly took some hard knocks, but at the end of the game when she said... They didn't play nice, but I certainly gave back what they gave me. So, you know, I, I like the honesty about that. So um, I take my hat off to Libby and I, I think that's wonderful about the whole AFLW. Kate's here. Yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of Libby Birch mm. as well and it was really good to see her do so well against her mm. old club. Um, gee, the Ds were really impressive. And the thing that I think is most interesting about that game is that the Ds still have a number of players who are still to come back in. Uh, Lily Myth and Jackie Perry and Lauren Pierce. So they're looking formidable. They're two from two, uh, played two games in really different but also very tough conditions for two different reasons. And, uh, and yeah, I, I would be pretty happy if I was a D right now. Mm. One thing that Lily Mithin teased out at the end of last night's game was she was going around with the microphone and she was speaking to Karen Paxman, who had an outstanding night along with Shelley Scott and Daisy Pierce. They were the head of the leaderboard for possessions and disposals. Um, was that Paxi had left home. She lives in the north of Melbourne. She, not, she doesn't live in Albury-Wodonga. She needed to get to the Witten Oval. 
She left 11 o'clock in the morning for a 7pm game. That is some serious preparation. You you would leave later for an overseas flight. Yeah, and it's important to say for our interstate listeners who might not have a sense of the the geography that she probably lives... 40? 40 minutes. 40 minutes max mm. from, uh, from, bad, from whereabouts, uh, from, from the Witten Oval. So. In bad traffic, maybe an hour. <laughs> it really puts you in the mindset of where she's at in it. her preparation and I love it. One person who would know Paxi and be very up close and personal with her who had a cracking game last night for the Melbourne Demons, it's Tyler Hanks. How are you, Tyler? Hey, guys. I'm good, thank you. How are you? Very well. Now, there's one thing that we need to say before we move on. Happy birthday. Oh, thank you. I wondered if anyone would have realised. <laughs> what a way to celebrate your birthday with four points already tucked in your pocket. How did you find the game last night? Yeah, um, yeah, good start to a birthday, obviously. But, um, yeah, I thought that uh, we, we knew it was going to be really tough conditions and it was going to be a pretty physical contest. But um, I think the girls really fought it out really well. And, um, yeah, that second half was actually quite enjoyable as a group. Tyler, it's Lucy here. Now, one thing I know about the Melbourne Football Club is that there is a fine system um, that for misdemeanours on field and off and Tegan Cunningham does the collecting. I am pretty sure that there's going to be a fine associated with Sinead Goldrick's confusion about not giving the ball back. But what I want to know is Sinead who's going to be fined or is it the coaching staff? Because she Um, looked a little confused then. Yeah, I think it'll be Goldie. Um, I think it'll come back onto her, but yeah, I don't think the coaches cop too many fines this year. Oh, that's good. <laughs> but look, seriously, the Bulldogs' only goal came from that fifty-meter penalty. How yeah. much has defence become Melbourne's focus this season? Yeah, I think um, we just know that as a group that you know they're really experienced and and they're a really tight knit group within themselves. Um, and I think, like you see, the way that Libby and and Daisy take those into set marks that. We know that you know if we were happen if it happens to go down there that they should be able to be set up in a pretty good position to kind of t- counter attack and get us back going the other way. So yeah, we love having that group that the way they're going this year and um, especially Daisy back, it's been awesome. Tyler, it's Kate here. You mentioned that there were really tough conditions last night and I wanted to ask you about that because in these first two rounds, you've played in two really different uh, contexts. It was it was really hot last weekend yeah. and then torrential rain here in Melbourne yesterday, a massive thunderstorm and, um, you know, and at times during the, the game it looked like you might not have been able to see each other out on the field. <laughs> How are you preparing to play in such wildly different context and weather conditions? Yeah. Um, I think we've probably been a little bit unlucky, but um, it does make it a little bit harder to play the way that you've kind of trained all, all pre-season and whatnot. But at the end of the day, I think it's just you just come back to the basics of footy and, and trusting all your teammates and um, I guess knowing that once we go out there, if we all kind of do those little things right and, and stay connected as a group, that, um, yeah, we kind of all had that trust within each other that we'd hopefully come out on top. It's Shelley here. Just wondering um, how Kemp's going and what news you have about her ACL. Yeah, um, obviously absolutely heartbreaking to, to mm. see Kempy go down like that. And um, I think everyone feels for her even, you know, within the club and outside of the club. So, absolutely. Um, the last news I heard was, um, well, I actually haven't heard anything yet, but um, I think she'll head off the scan today. Mm. So um, was it her other knee? Yeah, I think I didn't. I'm not too sure, but I think I read something last night from Mick that um, in an interview he did. I think it's a um, yeah, it was her other knee. 
because um, she didn't have surgery on the one mm, that she previously right. did. So, yeah, fingers crossed that it's not um, worst case scenario. But um, yeah, the group already yeah around her and supporting her as much as we can. We are speaking with Tyler Hanks from the Melbourne Football Club. Tyler, what I noticed last night was that the D's really brought it to the Bulldogs. Last week, the Bulldogs came out of the gates really fired up and they didn't seem to ever really engage in stoppages or stopping the ball. They just kept the ball moving as much as they could. And I felt like the D's really met them with that last night and maybe took them a bit by surprise, especially at their home ground. Was that something that Mick Stenier spoke to you about? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, in reviewing last week's game, I think we knew that they were, that was probably a focus for them and they're a really high-pressured team and um, really good at the contest stuff. So, yeah, I guess the focus for us was to make sure that if we were to get in first and win the footy and um, bring that pressure to them, then um, that was going to kind of put us on the front foot and, and challenge them a little bit. So, yeah, it was definitely a focus for us. It's Lucy again. Um, Shelley Scott had a really impressive game last night. What can you tell us about Shelley and the role that she plays in the team? Yeah, um, Scotty's a probably one of the hardest workers I know and uh, I think you can see that out in the field the way she goes about it but um, in the team she's basically happy to do whatever whatever we need and at the moment she's kind of that high half forward that mm-hmm. is hitting up and giving us so much in front of the ball and um, once it hits the ground she can be a key forward but then she can she can also play like that small forward role she's so agile and um, competitive so yeah at the moment that's her role but I think last year we saw her help us out down back. We've seen her help us out in the ruck as well. So, yeah, absolutely love it. Tyler, what does it mean to you personally as a team to win the Hampson-Hardyman Cup last night? Yeah, um, I think I probably didn't put too much focus onto it, on it coming in the game. And mm. um, I don't think many people do just based on the competition as it is. But when you kind of look back at the history of, of Melbourne and Western Bulldogs, it's um, something that you can all kind of be pretty proud of from... Yeah, I think it's just a little moment like this is where it kind of started and, and look where we are now. So, yeah, that was really special. There has been some conversation this week, Tyler, that this should be the game that always opens the season. The Bulldogs and the Ds have always yeah. been there for women's football and really flew the flag. Should, do you think that we should be um, we should be marching on City Hall, asking for this to be the, the season <laughs> opener every year? <laughs> um, oh, I don't think it's a bad idea, really. I mean... Um, <laughs> It would have been nice to, if we had nicer weather, we might have got a bigger crowd. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not opposed to the idea. It, it is a great rivalry between us. Tyler, we said at the, the top of the show that uh, it was, you know, you've had a couple of great weeks at the D's, but you've got a yeah. number of players to come back in as well. So much depth and talent in your squad. Um, yeah. Tell us a bit about the players who uh, are due to come back in, people like Lily Mithen. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think something great about this season is we do have so much depth and we've had players step up, but um, yeah, hopefully Lauren Pierce will come back in the next few weeks. Um, we all kind of know what she's capable of. She's an amazing ruck, but also a bit of an extra midfielder and um, Lily Misson, I love playing with her and she's, you know, hunter of the ball and she gets so many possessions, but she's like her pressure, um, everything she kind of brings to our team uh, I think I can't wait for, for her to be back and um, it's exciting that we've still got those girls to come back into the team. We noticed last night there was some movement on Twitter talking about Casey Sheriff and yeah. the fact that you play at Casey. Is there a movement within the team to call her the Sheriff of Casey? 
<laughs> um, it hasn't happened yet. I'm surprised it hasn't, to be honest. Um, but yeah, it does get a little bit confusing whether you're talking to Casey or about Casey. But um, <laughs> no, maybe I'll bring that one in. <laughs> and earlier, Lucy was talking about Sinead Goldrick, who is one of the Irish recruits who didn't yeah. seem to understand that she needed to hand the ball back uh, yeah. when there was a penalty against her. She also didn't seem to know the words to the club song. So you've got some work to do there. <laughs> I can, know. can you tell us what's it like when you're talking the Irish um, recruits through the game and what they can expect? Does anyone say to them, and at the end of the game, if we win, you have to <laughs> sing a song? And what's their response? <laughs> Um, I don't think the song has been too much of a focus, so maybe we should spend a few <laughs> lyrics. But, um, no, Goldie and, and Maka, they're both great people and kind of talking to them, they've always got questions about their game. They're constantly trying to learn and, and understand. I think a lot of people can see it and, and think, oh, as if she didn't know that. But, like, they've come from the top level of their other mm. sport and coming here and learning not just a whole new culture and, and way about things here, but a whole new game and um, I think it's a lot harder than people expect. But, um, yeah, that was just a little learning curve for Goldie and um, I'm sure she probably won't do that again. <laughs> but, um, no, nah, there's so much for them to learn and, they're, yeah, they're constantly learning and, and learning from those mistakes, I guess. Tyler, we're so grateful that you've spent some time with us post-game and on your birthday. How are you going to celebrate today? Um, I think I'll go out for breakfast and maybe go watch my little sister play some basketball. Um and then I might just go out for dinner with a couple of friends tonight, but nothing too much. Might also have a nap. <laughs> <laughs> well, a nap Catch sounds up. very well earned. Thank you so much for joining us on the Outer Sanctum today and best of luck for the rest of the season. No worries. Thanks for having me. That was Tyler Hanks from the Melbourne Football Club. The other thing that occurred to me is they've done a great job, the Ds, of storing some percentage. That's been something that has let them down in the seasons um, previously. So yeah. I feel like they're storing nuts for winter. Yeah, I think it's a real consideration that when you're watching the games, you're really thinking about percentage as well, especially for Melbourne. Yeah, Mm. absolutely. I'm Catherine Murphy and you're listening to the IG Sanctum. Thanks for that, Catherine Murphy. We could listen to you all day long. You are listening to the Outer Sanctum and we're enjoying getting your SMSs and um, all of your tweets. You tweet us a lot during the week, but when we're on live radio, we get the opportunity to interact with you, Kate. We've got some messages coming in over there. Yeah, it's lovely to hear from everybody. Um, Lots of texts uh, coming in. So first of all, uh, from Robin of Ramsden Street, she says, I love the storm that you created with the M. It sure flushed out the haters. And Madeline in Venus Bay says, good on you for challenging the norm for asking people to think more carefully and deeply about the elements of life and sport we just assume can't be challenged or changed. Inspirational, also... Go D's. She's a she's a woman after your heart, Lucy. Uh, Dave in Coburg says it shouldn't be AFLW and AFLM. If anything, the latter should be AFL Open. There should be no technical barrier on women playing in the open competition. Actually, I'm not sure there is. Uh, and what I'd say to Dave is that a, a couple of years ago, or maybe last year, we did cover the story of Sel Rees on our podcast. She's a woman who many years ago nominated for the men's competition just to just to challenge the the system, and it did prompt a rule change. We, we probably have to revisit and see where that's up to at the moment. Uh, but, yes, yeah, Sel is a was a pioneer in the game who really did push things along too. Lucy. 
Yeah, Lucy, this week you went along to GWS. You and Nicole from the Outer Sanctum took some time to get on a plane and go and see what's happening at the Giants. What did you see? We did. We saw a lot of things. It's a great facility. Um, The thing I loved about it, it's all on one level and it combines the men's program, the women's program and netball all together and there's lots of shared common spaces. We did see the strapping benches, which are awesome. So (laughs) (laughs) I just loved it. You know, you're a football fan when that excites you. I know, exciting. Well, actually, you should have then seen us when we went to the property department because that was super exciting and seeing all the jumpers laid out and also everything had been packed for their trip to um, Tassie. So that was great. We learned about their community department, which is led by Ali Farage and heard about some of the programs there, one of which really caught my eye. It's called Science with the Giants (laughs) and a group of school children come in and actually learn science at GWS. And that is a story we'll be following up on the podcast this year because that's just in our wheelhouse. Um, But we did catch up with Rebecca Beeson and this is what she had to say about the game last week. So before we move into round two, round one, you played a very wet game of football. Yes. What was it like out there? It was like a monsoon. It was like playing game footy in the ocean. Everything was just wet and no one could pick up the footy and it was just scrappy and contested. Probably one of those games that you kind of think, thank God we won and put it to the side a little bit and, and move forward. In terms of ball movement in particular, there's not much you can take out of that game. Beck, you play football across two states. Yeah. What's the challenges that you find with that? A couple of things come to mind straight away. Where I'm going to live is a bit of a challenge. I have to find somewhere new to live every six months, which is a bit of a hassle, especially coming back to Sydney where it's it's quite hard for renters mm-hmm. to find someone to live that's um, affordable, really, especially on an AFLW wage. So that's always challenging. But apart from that, I actually love it. Like, I love kind of having somewhere new to go every six months. I think it's exciting while I'm young. So, Beck, we have to let you go because you have to go and film something for prank. Yeah, we're, uh, we're <laughs> How pranking Chorus How important is pranking <laughs> in this football club? Oh, it's pretty important for my job. <laughs> um, I don't know, like... Are you I in charge? <laughs> like, that's basically your main role. Well, so I'm kind of... We're, we're making these posters at the moment so you, you can get a different poster of a player at each home game. So that's the poster thing has kind of been my little baby. And because I'm part of the team and I know all the girls and stuff, I feel like I have... Freedom? I have, yeah, I have the freedom to be a little bit of a pest. Excellent. And get away with it. <laughs> so you're like the nice. chief executive prankster. Yes. <laughs> Beck Beeson there from the Giants, the chief executive prankster. Today, North Melbourne will be hosting GWS down at um, the University of Tasmania Stadium, which uh, will be really interesting if they get some clear conditions to see how both of those teams respond because they did both have um, environmental challenges last week, Lucy. Absolutely. It's And look, the short season means that the pressure's actually really on North to win. They played twice in Tasmania last season and won both games. But as you said, it'll be really interesting to see what the effects of last week's games were on both of those teams. There's some debutants to watch out for. For GWS, Lisa Steen, who's a 25-year-old midfielder. She's really fast. She's an outside player, and I think she's a really good in against the Ruse. And for North, Abby Green, who is a Launceston girl, and she's getting a hometown debut, and she is going to be playing in the ruck. Um, the North midfield is really strong. Emma Carney, Jess Trend and Ash Riddle were really good last week against Melbourne and I think they'll be really uh, determined and competitive. And I think the North forwards are a little bit more potent. Emma King played a bit 
forward. And I think she's going to do that again, especially the fact that they're bringing in another ruck. So when we were at GWS, we also caught up with Bree Harvey, who is the head of academies and AFLW. And this is what she had to say about today's game. You head down to Tasmania for round two to play North Melbourne. What are you looking forward to about that matchup? I think if you read a lot of the media about AFLW in the last couple of weeks and, and months, a lot of people have rated North really, really highly. I think a lot of us were surprised to see that Melbourne got over them over the weekend, which is which is great. And obviously Melbourne's defence held strong. Uh, so I think it's it's going to be a real test for us, which I'm really excited to showcase what we can do as a club. I think the conditions on the weekend against Gold Coast didn't show us playing our best footy because we just weren't allowed to. So I think if the conditions are a little bit better, you'll see what we're all about this season. So that's probably what I'm most excited about. So if we throw these names at you, Mm. what are your first responses? Mm. Cora Staunton. Tough. Amazing. Privatelli. Mark. Awesome. (laughs) Bonner. Oh, she's tough as well. She's favourite at the moment. Can can I say that? Probably can't. You know, I didn't know too much about Yvonne before I started at the Giants and just watching her train over the last couple of months in our practice matches, I was like, she can play and she's got a tank on her. She's quick. She's aggressive. In terms of the Irish contingent, you've got Bonner and Staunton. Mm. Is this the thing? Like, This is a secret weapon. I think they just bring something different. Obviously, Cora's really experienced. She's, she's, famous in in Ireland, um, the the book about her, her, just her horrific um, leg break in May, it it literally looked like it could have been a car accident and the fact that she's just worked tirelessly to get back. But she just brings something different in terms of her leadership and Vaughn is, as I said, a fantastic player and it's just great to have a bit of diversity in our group. So you're head of AFLW for the Giants, but you're also looking after academies. Mm. And with your experience of being in Victoria and then you've moved to Sydney and now you're out in Western Sydney, what sort of differences have you seen that I guess are geographically specific? I think, I mean, if you look at uh, Victoria in particular, all except for probably Richmond who they're their academies or their NGA programs are outside of Melbourne. Everyone has a lot closer access to their players. So not only um, often when they draft a player, they're coming from Melbourne, so they don't have the logistics of having Mm. to move into state. You're also looking at talent that's in your backyard. So a lot of the talented girls we've got at the moment are in Canberra or Wagga. So the opportunity to see those players week in, week out, for them to be Mm. part of competitions week in, week out, are few and far between. So in Melbourne, they've got the luxury of the NAB under 18 for the women's, which is fantastic, but we'll see our under 18s three times. So it's that's the space where we probably need to improve on in New South Wales, and, and we're working really hard to do that. And is that a focus for GWS is to really try to, to nurture the local Yeah, without talent? a doubt. I think anyone who's probably in my position would know that if you can get homegrown talent it just it does make it easier um just because players aren't moving in and out of state every six months and that's just the nature of our competition at the moment it's it's going to be like that we know for at least the next three years so the more that you can have players either move into state and create an environment that they want to stay or draft homegrown talent that's the key for us the problem i guess is we've got 
players in Canberra and Wagga, so they're still having to move because we're a big state. But um, at least it's at least we're getting that homegrown talent. That was Brie Harvey from the Giants. There, the Giants have got a really strong social game, and when I say social game, I mean on the socials, and that's in um, no small part thanks to the pranking. So I hope that you do follow them. I'm interested to see how North respond with their defence. I think they are missing Jess Duffin, but I I suspect that they'll come out really strong today, really firing. But I felt like their defence did let them down a little bit last weekend. Another game that um, kicks off today is a very interesting, a historic one, in fact, Kate, because the Suns take on the Tigers, which means that one of these new teams is going to get a win on the board. That's true, unless it's a draw, which uh, <laughs> touch what I hope I haven't jinxed them for that. So, yeah, that's taking place later on today up on the Gold Coast. And as you say, Em, these are the two uh, two teams who are, who are in the uh, AFLW for the first time ever. Both of them lost last week, uh, but we, we expect one of them to have an historic first win. There's a lot going on in this match. We've got some former Lions up against each other. So Sam Virgo, for instance, uh, up against Sabrina Frederick, who, of course, made the move over to, to Richmond. Um, it's difficult to get a bit of a, a sense, I think, of who might win this week because they played in such different conditions. Uh, Richmond in really nice uh, conditions down here in Melbourne and uh, the Suns in that absolutely torrential monsoonal uh, game that we just heard Beck Beeson talking about um, up against the GWS. But I was actually really impressed with the with the Gold Coast Suns. That was a low-scoring match that did generate a bit of chatter afterwards. It was a 9-8 scoreline, but an absolutely brutal, punishing, fascinating contest. And uh, I actually think that the Gold Coast might uh, might get this one. Um, Serene Watson is somebody to watch as well. The Gold Coast have a really young list with a lot of players who've come through the Development Academy. Serene Watson is one in particular that I'm really keen to see. So I actually think the Gold Coast might might get their first win ever. Oh, I hope they know the words to the song. <laughs> I really liked Tiana Ernst for the Suns last week and I think her experience, I think she's playing a bit of a role like a Daisy Pierce that, you know, it's kind of, you know, commanding people a little bit. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting because, as I've said on this show previously, the Gold Coast do have a really young list. They've got, uh, I think, 11 players under the age of 19 or, or age 19 or thereabouts. So having those couple of experienced players like... Tiana Ernst, who's a premiership player for the Bulldogs, um, is significant and she's a real football brain and she you can see her directing traffic and, and encouraging and coaching those players and I think she makes a big impact. This competition is full of firsts. There'll be another today over in the West when we have our very first derby. And um, there was something, actually, Kate, did you, you brought this yeah. to my attention, something beautiful from, from Kelly Gibson's mum this week on the socials? Yeah, the AFL Women's put this out on, on uh, Twitter. So the West Coast Eagles' Kelly Gibson received a text from her mum this week in advance of what will be the first ever AFLW Western Derby. And it's just beautiful, this text, and I want to share it with our listeners. So um, Kelly Gibson's mum wrote, Morning, honey. Woohoo! Game day is finally here. Today is the day we thought would never have been possible. When you were little, kicking a footy around with your brother in your Eagles jumper, it was an impossible dream for that little girl to become a professional footy player, let alone to play for the West Coast Eagles. But here you are, about to do the impossible. You, with the rest of your team, are about to inspire all those little West Coast Eagles girls who have the same dream and now know that it isn't an impossible dream. Today, remember the little girl that still lives in you and let her have a moment to feel joy and pride that her dream has come true. As always, play hard, be the natural leader you are and guide the new girls. Remember to also appreciate and enjoy this moment in your life. 
You have earned this. Love you to the moon and back and so very proud of the beautiful soul you are. Love, Mama. Oh, Oh my goodness. If there's not goosebumps or tears, didn't AFLW story really happen? (laughs) (laughs) I've got goosebumps. Shelley, where you've taken a close look at the Derby. Who do you think is going? It's going to be a massive game. It's huge for the West. It's a huge game. Well, like you said, Kate, Saturday afternoon or Saturday night for some of us, depending on the time zone you're in, history will be made. We will see West Coast versus Fremantle over in the West playing their first AFLW Derby at Telephone Stadium. <laughs> so free, I think Freo are just going to be too strong, but I'm loving this new rivalry. And Twitter land, I've got my Twitter family, we've got Peter Wilkie, who's checked the weather for us. Great. Apparently, yes, it's going to be great. And he thinks that the grand final record-breaking crowd might be in danger tonight, Em. Oh, well, that is very exciting to hear. Mm. We got the opportunity at the AFLW launch to catch up with the captain of the West Coast Eagles, Emma Swanson. This is what she had to say. Yeah, I've had this question a lot today. <laughs> I was just joking about it to the other guys. I was like, everyone wants to know about the derby. Um, uh, yeah, there, there's going to be rivalry. A, a lot of the girls who are playing in this, who have grown up in WA, would have grown up watching the rivalry between Frio and West Coast. And I think taking that into the game, that's a natural rivalry. And then also... I think eight or nine of our players have played at Freo before. So I think there's going to be a little bit of rivalry there. And probably moving forward into the future, you're going to see players from West Coast who now play for, who will play for Freo in the future and vice versa. Hopefully not too many that that leave West Coast. But um, yeah, I think they'll, they'll continue to be a really strong rivalry into the future. And I think it's really healthy. I'm Emma Swanson and you're listening to The Outer Sanctum. Oh, Swanee, it's going to be very hot over there in uh, for the Derby. We are enjoying getting your SMSs. Thank you very much for getting on the line and supporting us. There's a really lovely message that's come in. Kate, do you want to read it? There is. A, uh, we've got a text in from a very, very special listener, one of the pioneers of women's football. Lovely to hear from you, Lisa Caddo. She has texted mm. us to say, absolutely loving listening to The Outer Sanctum on ABC. Intelligent, engaging and informative conversation. Thanks, ladies. Love your work. She says, P.S. Love to Brie Davey. She is a beautiful person. And uh, as you heard, we're going to be speaking to her in just a few minutes' time. Oh, I love, I'm, I don't want to drink our own bathwater with those lovely compliments, oh, but I will beautiful. say there must be a moment when Lisa Caddo is driving around listening to the ABC and hearing people talking about women's football on the ABC and she must have thought that there was a time when potentially that wasn't going to happen and I think that I got that feeling last Mm. night when I saw um, Hampton Hardman out there with the cup and all of a sudden it's not an exhibition match anymore. We're playing for premiership points and it's lovely to have those pioneers here to see the game unfolding and it's... And celebrated. And celebrated, absolutely. The games continue for Sunday. Lucy, it's big cats and little cats. It is a very feline affair at Mm. Cardiff. Virginia Park on Sunday at 1.10. And this is a hard one to pick because both were really good in round one and I think we probably didn't pay Brisbane enough kudos. I think they came out and really surprised us by knocking off Adelaide last week. They did that despite... Oh, well, Adelaide had some notable outs yes. and so it's hard to know what effect that had, but they looked fantastic. The Cats were also great against Frio and... That was such an entertaining game. It was such fast-flowing football. The conditions were great. It was super hot. But that coast-to-coast goal by Rocky Cranston, I think, had all of us punching the air, no matter who you barrack for. When you handball to yourself, that's super impressive. Um, If you haven't seen that, do look it up because that was amazing. It was so good. It was so good. It was great to see Nina Morrison back for the Cats and to see her kick a goal. 
listeners might recall that she played round one last year and then had an ACL injury. And also and that she's a low pony in a sea of top knots. That is true. Mm. Um, Julia Crockett-Grills was is someone to keep an eye on. She was great in the midfield with 22 disposals for the Cats. Jess Wooshner is a big out for Brisbane as she continues to recover from that lightning strike. And that's something mm. that is, is a real unknown. I think the Cats might be a little bit too strong at home. That's... How I'm how how I'm going with a winner. Well, it feels like there's lots of rivalry match matchups because at Princess Park tomorrow, Kate. I mean, it's always a big one, but Carlton Collingwood. There is so much on the line for this game. Yeah, this is a huge game, uh, and I'm really looking forward to to seeing this one. They've played three previous times, and Carlton's won on each occasion. But what's interesting is that Collingwood has narrowed the margin each time, so you feel like Collingwood are, are gaining. Um, if you're new to AFLW, if you're listen, if you're listening to this show for the first time, you don't know much about women's footy. I would encourage you if you're watching that game. There's so there's so much talent on on display. Names like Taylor Harris and Darcy Vessio, Katie Loins, so many. But I would encourage you to watch Maddie Presparkas oh, yes. and and Chloe Malloy, two of those younger women who came through uh, through pathways and are just absolute superstars. Maddie Presparkas in particular, was sensational last week, and I think will be again. But the really big story uh, in the off-season, which brings us into this game, is that Bree Davey left Carlton and went across to Collingwood, their rivals. And rather than us, you know, talking and talking about this game, we um, we might as well just ask Bree a little bit about it. <laughs> Crazy hey? not to. <laughs> Bree Davey, welcome to the Outer Sanctum. How are you? Hey, guys. Um, I'm very good. How are you guys going? Well, we're, we're so excited about this matchup. We were so – we're looking forward to it. We thought it had more drama than Oscar-nominated Best Picture movie. But now you're injured and so you won't be coming up against your old club tomorrow. How are you feeling about – I mean, obviously it's annoying to be injured, but how are you feeling about missing the game? Yeah, look, I think because it, it's such a uh, short season, so you just want to be playing as – many games as you can really um so for me of course it would have been nice to obviously run out with the girls and um face the old mob but yeah i think at the same time i think it's just more for me you know any game you want to be playing at this point because it's such a short season so but no it, um it'll be a really great um, match like you guys have said and i think it will be quite a fierce um competitive game Bree, it's Lucy here i was at the game last week and it's fair to say that when you went down the stadium went quiet what went through your mind when you hurt yourself and how are you doing yeah uh, thanks Lise. um i'm doing all right yeah like i um i knew it wasn't my knee um so that was perfect so that was good that was my mm. first thought i i sort of when it happened um i just knew it wasn't it wasn't anywhere around my knee so i was fine with that um but i think it gave the shock of a lifetime to my family i think they well, they thought the worst straight away obviously mm. um because we've already previously done one um but, yeah, like, I'm doing okay now. It's actually quite an odd, odd injury that I um, also sustained the same one back in 2014 when I was playing soccer, but on my other leg. Um, and, yeah, basically I've torn um, my shin. So oh. there's a little membrane that sits between your fibula and your tibia bone in your shin, um, and I managed to tear that. So it's, um, it wasn't a nice feeling, but at the moment I'm doing well. I'm walking around and hopefully um, not right for this week, but hopefully I'll be right for Frio. Did it come from a knock so No, so, yeah, so I initially, what it does feel like or what it did feel like was um, like that I had been booted really hard mm. in the shin. Um, so I thought I'd actually, yeah, just been knocked really, really hard. Um, and then when we got off the field, we looked at the frame-by-frame frame photo and it showed that I actually had no knock. Um, so we were like, what, what the mm. hell's going on here? 
Um, and then, yeah, my mind just went back to 2014 and the same thing happened when I was playing soccer. I thought someone came through and just booted me as hard as they could and then I looked at the footage and the player runs around me and I was like, oh, gosh, what's going on? So, um, yeah, it must have happened as I took off um, to go up in the contest with a jump. I think I've just gone to push off and it's torn. So, yeah. Well, here, well, is Shelley here? I'm just wondering, you've seen firsthand what a talent Maddie Presbarkas is. Who are you yes. expecting to match up on her this week? Yeah, look, it'll be interesting. I think um, for the most part, like the Collingwood girls will be focusing on, on the tasks they've got to do and, and I guess go with the process um, that Steve, our coach, has asked them to go through. But, um, yeah, definitely, I think I think with Mads, like, it's hit the nail on the head. She's a great young talent and um, when she's got... Um, the ball in her hand, she usually does pretty good things with yeah. it. So we definitely will, um, if we need to, try and nullify that throughout the game. Um, but we've got a couple of good, um, tough little players in there that that could run onto her. But at this point, yeah, we haven't put too much of a focus around that. Bree, it's Kate here. I wanted to just unpack a little bit the process of you making that decision, that huge decision at the end of yep. last year to move across from Carlton to Collingwood. My understanding is that Collingwood approached you at the end of the 2018 season when Carlton had been the Wooden Spooners. And yep. I have read that you felt like you weren't comfortable in leaving them at the end of what had been obviously a really tough um, and, and you know pretty unsuccessful season, unfortunately, for, for Carlton. But then you did make the decision to leave at the end of last year after you'd made yeah. the grand final when Carlton was really on the up. So I wonder, what did you see in Collingwood that made you so confident to move across at that point? Yeah, so, um, yeah, all that is pretty much um, accurate. Uh, So for me, it was more so, um, my thinking around it was more so, I just felt like I needed to sort of get myself out of my comfort zone. Um, I was, I'd been at Carlton obviously for about four years at that point. Um, Obviously signed as a marquee, so I was there a bit longer than, most of the draftees that end up getting there the first year. But, yeah, I think for me it was I needed a change of environment um, and something to push me out of my comfort zone. And any time that I have sort of done that in my uh, career in soccer or footy, um, it sort of really made me a better player um, and made me and, – and I've also had to work with new people, so it's made me a better person as well and just learning to adapt to different environments. But, um yeah, look, for me, I'm not one for change, so it was it was the biggest decision I've ever had to make in my sporting career. I absolutely loved um, playing with my, the Colton girls and um, have a real, lot of really good mates still there. So it was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do, but for me, it was more, I guess it was a personal decision. And um, with Collingwood, obviously, they've got a pretty young list and um, some great talent on there. And I think they've been really close um, the last couple of years to getting wins. They just haven't quite been able to get over the line at the end of the game and so I think you know this year hopefully um you'll see a, a a better brand from the girls in general but also a bit more confidence after you know doing pretty well in the VFL season and that sort of thing. So is it true that you have long-term plans to be an AFLW coach and are you working with any of the younger players and doing any coaching now there at Collingwood? Yeah so um definitely I mean I I'm, I'm really passionate about that side of things and coaching and whatnot um but yeah it's for, for me, at the moment, I've done a bit of work, work with the VFL and some mentor sort of stuff um, at the club. And I was obviously involved, well, once I'd had caught across to Collingwood, I was, was involved in playing as well last year. So I, I haven't done too much of the coaching side just because I'm playing at this point. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, at Collingwood, they're obviously um, going to help with that side of things and, and put me through the right pathways. And, yeah, hopefully one day um, that would be awesome, um, you know, AFLW um, head coach or something like that. But, Love um, to at see this it. Point, 
Yeah, yeah. We um, are just enjoying playing. We're speaking with Brianna Davy, the vice captain of Collingwood. I'm so glad Shelley asked you those questions, Bree, because I'm still smarting that you left Carlton. Yes, yeah, oh, sulking. When, sulking. <laughs> when when you cross from uh, those two massive teams who have such a history and a rivalry, what do you get in return? Like, what what's it like being black and white in this town? What what do you get? Yeah. Do you get the red carpet rolled out for you everywhere you go? <laughs> oh no, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I would not say that. Um, I think yeah. Look, I think with with Collingwood, um, as we a lot of us know, you sort of either loved or hated, really. <laughs> um, so look, it was a massive. It, like I said, it was a massive decision and one not took lightly. And that was even something I had to think about as well. You know, um, there's obviously going to be some people who are disappointed, and sometimes with that, people sort of respond differently. Um, so. I don't know. That was a real nerve-wracking part. To be honest, though, I've had a lot of support as well. I haven't really had too much backlash, a little bit, um, especially early, I think, when emotions were quite high about Mm. the decision. Um, But, yeah, I mean, look, I think AFLW, it's just such a beautiful um, thing to be involved with. And there's so many people who are just lovers of the game in general. Um, And, yes, there's definitely some passionate supporters and one-eyed supporters too, so that's, that's absolutely there. But because it's such a community feel and I think everyone just wants the best for everyone. And it's been, while it's been really tough, it really has been tough in terms of um, making that decision, like I said, um, it's been really awesome too to see what support still comes out of that. Bree, Lucy again, it's been talked about that Collingwood's had very sort of slow starts and have really just built through their previous seasons. But we've now seen that you've won in round one. How important was it for the team to start so positively? And what's Steve Simons as a new coach? What's his approach been like? Yeah, um, I think, yeah, I think it was really quite important, to be honest. Um, But we didn't put a focus around that at all. I mean, we did say, you know, hey, previous seasons, we haven't had the best, but the best starting games, we've really got to try and flip that on its head because, you know, as you guys know, in AFLW, especially if you let a, a team sort of jump you early, it's really hard to sort of come back from that at times. So um, basically Steve's um, approach was just to run, go, through, go with the process. Girls are going to focus on what we need to do and hopefully then the result comes. So we're not going to focus on we need to do this to win, we need to do this to win. It's nothing like that. It's... You know, if we play the brand of footy we want to play, then hopefully the result comes and that's great. Then we move on to the next week. So I've been really stoked with with that approach with Steve because I was definitely on the same page with that and hoping that that would be the attitude because otherwise there's too much pressure. Um, You know, if it's all about winning and losing every game, and it is, we we know that. We're not silly. We're athletes. We understand that we want to win. Um, But, yeah, it's just when it's highlighted all the time, it 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 can make the pressure build up, especially with the young group. So, yeah. Bree, Kate, again, I want to actually ask you a question about pressure. You have mentioned a couple of times um, that you played soccer. And uh, what yeah. you haven't mentioned is that you actually played soccer at the highest <laughs> level. So you played yeah. for the Matildas. You yeah, also played did, in the yeah. W League. And you moved to Sweden many years ago and played over in Sweden as well. And you were a goalkeeper. And um, my what, I, what I've heard and read is that... Um, a Swedish coach described you, and I'll quote here, as probably the world's most talented goalkeeper. Wow. Now, I have previously described soccer goalkeeping, and I mean this quite sincerely, as in my like top three most feared jobs. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, I can't imagine doing anything more intense, more high pressure. Um, yeah. I'm really interested in um, hearing about what kind of techniques do you learn in a role like that to withstand and cope with the pressure and to screen yeah. out the external noise? 
Yeah, no, okay, that's a great question. It's um to be honest, it's a it's a working progress. Like I remember when I first started goalkeeping, um, I'd cop a silly goal, um, or I'd let in a silly goal and I would just absolutely crack it. And um because <laughs> I was so competitive and I'd pick the ball out and then I'd throw it back and be like, Oh like <laughs> getting angry. Um but look, it's that was when I was a little kid, so I obviously didn't have the skills to deal with being able to, you know, hey, that that wasn't really my fault. Let's get ready for the next one. Or, um, okay, I led in a silly goal. Let's get, you know, let's get my head back in. Um, we can still come back from here. So I never sort of had those skills. But then obviously, like I said, it was a work in progress. And along the way, you sort of learn to deal with it. Um, and you sort of learn to have little techniques to push it, push it away. Even if you know, okay, that was not a great goal that I just let in. Or, you know... It, there's, there's sometimes you, there's nothing you can do about it. They kick it into the top corner and you're like, well, well done. You know, you, that's a great goal. And I think that's the other thing. You have to be quite realistic about what you can actually save and what you can't at times. So okay. it's a mix of things. But, yeah, I mean, goalkeeping for me, um, I obviously loved it while I was doing it, but it was mentally, um, yes, it was probably one of the toughest positions um, I believe you could play. Um, it was one of those positions where you could, at the end of the game, probably be the hero or the villain um you know either either saving the day or unfortunately picking the ball up out of the back of the net so um yeah look i loved it and i had some great experiences obviously playing around the world and stuff like that it was absolutely amazing but you know coming back to AFLW, that's the thing i love about it is i can be at home and i'm so close to my family and my friends so it's just great to be able to you know, love doing what I'm doing, which is playing AFL, but also getting to spend time with my family and grow um, grow and live my life with my family as well. We certainly take our hat off to you. Now, what young players at Collingwood have stood out to you and who should, be, who should we be looking out for? Yeah, so we've got, um, we've got a couple, uh, hand, obviously a handful of um, new girls, as most teams do this year, but... Um, We've got uh, we've got a, a little Alana Porter. She played really, really well last week, and um, in the back line, she's just super fast. You'll see hopefully this weekend as well. You'll see her do a couple of little rundown t- tackles. Um, she's got speed to burn, and yeah, she's been really impressive. She's a pretty quiet kid. She's starting to sort of come out of her shell a bit more, but um, yeah, she's she's been really awesome and um, one to keep an eye on. That's for sure. Bree, it's Emma here. Now, I know that your partner plays for the Saints and yep. you were previously on the same team. Are you? How do you prepare for playing against someone that you're in a relationship with? We see this yeah. across the competition and it's a real anomaly in the AFLW because people are open about the relationships that they're in. Is it something that you and Tilly talk about? Yeah, look, not not too much. I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's one of those things that's different. Like we mean to... Um, we actually met my first year of footy at St Kilda Sharks um, uh, from Lisa Caddo's hood, who previously wrote in before. She's a legend, by the way. She um, loves you, yeah. <laughs> I, I love her and her partner, Anne Rilton. They're just both legendary. But, um, yeah, so we met there. Um, and then since then, since I've come back to footy from soccer, I've played every year of footy with Kill. So it's it has been a bit of an odd experience now. We're on different teams. But at the same time, it's that sort of professional mindset you've got to take into it. It's another game. Um, we're both competitive, so we're both not going to shy away from it either. So, yeah, we, look, it's, you sort of don't really think about it once you're out there. Um, until at the moment she's playing as a little halfback and I'm sort of running through the gut. So, you know, our chances we run into each other every now and then, but it's not like we're playing one-on-one on each other. So that's not, it's not too bad. <laughs> I can't wait for the trash talking pre-game. That's, that's what I'm looking forward to on the socials. Oh, yeah. 
And there's the worst, the worst parties afterwards. So, you know, if, if one of us loses, gosh, you just don't want to go home. <laughs> uh, Brianna Davey from the Collingwood Football Club. It has been an absolute joy to speak to you. We're so disappointed you're not playing this weekend. You'll be back next week, do you think? Yeah, hopefully. We've got to see how it goes, but um, hopefully fingers crossed for Brio. Thank you so much for joining us on the Outer Sanctum and have a fantastic season. You guys are legends. Thanks so much. That was Brianna Davey there joining us. We are so um, pleased when these players give us so much time and um, they're very generous and they tell us a lot of truths and that's something that I really love about the AFLW. I'm Chelsea Roffey. You're listening to the Outer Sanctum. You are listening to The Outer Sanctum. We've been talking about the Saints. We got a text message from Virginia who said the Saints were at Moorabbin for 28 years. We were at the Junction Oval in St Kilda for over 60. That was our spiritual home. Go Sainters. That's from, oh, sorry, that's from Sandy in Dalesford. Girls and boys. I think it's from, I don't know. She's, I've got a confused text message if her name's Virginia. I think she's trying to talk to Virginia. I'm not Virginia Trioli, as it turns out. I've never raised um, But thank you so much, Sandy. I need to dig in and do my research on St Kilda. They are taking on the Crows today. Shelley Ware, how do you see that game? Well, we saw a Rising Star nomination in Saints last week with Georgia Patrikios. She was fearless and clean in her skills, so congratulations to you, Georgia. And Anne Hatchard with a record-breaking 35 possessions last week. Week. Can't go unmentioned. Looking forward to her game. Now, I think Adelaide with a shock loss. I think they're going to bounce back Sunday Arvo in Adelaide. You would think so. I feel like um, Anne Hatchard, had, she's worked so hard yes. and she's been fantastic. I just find the name Anne to be such an incongruous footy name, but I love it. I love being challenged <laughs> by these new norms. Um, I feel like Ebony Marinoff, who, who did hold the record, her teammate from the Adelaide Crows, um, I think she might come out firing Oh, she will weekend. because she's she will want that back. Beast. <laughs> yeah, she will definitely want that back. And I think... We saw Stevie Lee Thompson last year be, I think she was the highest goal kicker for the league and she was fairly quiet last weekend. So I think we're going to see Stevie Lee stepping up. Well, as an Adelaide supporter, I'm very happy with all of that. Um, but but I, do, I do want to say just a couple of things about the Saints. We had another text in, I think again from Sandy the Saint, who's asked us if Lily Mithen, who we were talking about a little bit earlier, uh, what is Laurie Mithen's granddaughter. Um, we've done a bit of research and our understanding is that Lily Mithen's grandfather um, is is the cousin of Laurie, Laurie Mithen. That's the connection as we understand it, Sandy. So um, It's from Wikipedia, so... It must be true. I have some Lily Mithen um, intel. I was once the, uh, the in a wedding and her dad was my partner in the wedding. Isn't that just... Oh. That makes me feel quite old did when you, I think Lily and I get married. Same. No, we didn't accidentally. Did you tango or something, though, or did uh, you learn some kind probably, of dance together? Yeah, we probably did. Oh, I, I might get I'm you sure to... I wiped the floor with him because I'm an excellent dancer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dancing with the Stars, here she comes. Just on the Saints, I just want to say this because we've been getting a bit of mail lately and I think this is a lovely story. We're hearing out of St... Uh, a story coming from St Kilda that uh, there's some brilliant work being done by Brett Ratton, who is, of course, of course the coach of the AFL men's team there. Um, some work done by him to support women's footy at St Kilda and we understand that he's really helping to promote a culture of inclusion. That's a story that we're hearing uh, 
you know, popping up around the place, mm. which is lovely. And I always remember many years ago on this station, I heard a long form interview with David Parkin about coaching and the history of coaching. And he was asked who he thinks is the best coach he's ever come across. And he said, without hesitation, Brett Ratton. Mm. Um, and that's always stuck in my mind. He said he's a great teacher. He's wonderful with people. And I'm just thrilled to hear that he is embracing the women's team and that St Kilda are really uh, developing a great culture down there of inclusion for women's footy. There was an SMS that we got that says the competition is unfair. Footscray is the only team that loses its best players to the new teams. And uh, for, to that person who's texted in, I can understand how you feel like that because you really, that team, the Western Bulldogs, really did get pilfered with the new um, teams coming in. Don't forget that you have got a premiership under your belt. That's pretty impressive, the Western Bulldogs. But I was also impressed to see a great article by Nathan Burke, who is ABC's own Nathan Burke, and I think he will be um, commentating across the um, network or the station this weekend of the AFLW. He's a great footy brain, and he was talking about let's not judge the competition too soon. It was a great article. We'll post it on our socials so you can catch up with it. Yep. Yeah, I mean, the the other thing to say to that listener is, um, you're right, Em, uh, the Western Bulldogs have lot of, lost a lot of really good players, but so have many of the clubs through the expansion. So, you know, we've seen Katie Brennan move across to Richmond from, from Footscray, but also Brisbane lost Sabrina Frederick and Sam Virgo. And so so many players have, have moved. There's a lot of movement in the competition and a lot of clubs who probably feel a little bit salty. Um, mm. But, um, but you know, that's, that's kind of what's happening with the expansion. And for me, it just makes the competition more interesting, actually. Don't you think? that that's why the Derby is going to be so interesting yes. because so many players went from Frio to West Coast and over in the in the West, you're born either golden blue or you're born Ooh. purple, really, aren't you? It's Very absolutely. Amazing. Yeah. yeah, can't wait to see Gemma Houghton in that game too. She was surrounded by blue jumpers. <laughs> Thank you. She was amazing. <laughs> we hope that this weekend you will grab a friend, get a footy and go to a game. We need to thank Beck Beeson, Brie Harvey, Emma Swanson and Brianna Davey for joining us on the program today. Thanks also to Nick, our producer, and to the ABC for giving this amazing platform to us. You can follow us on socials. We love hearing from you. We will be next, back next week at 10 o'clock, so make sure you speak to us. There's only one thing left to say, and that is... Go, go footy! footy.